0: everyone this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 384 and tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 237 Frown Night and and we're also going to be recapping Loki season 2 episode Five. Yes. Okay, so big surprise in the beginning of this week's Night Vale episode. It's not Cecil. It's Kevin. When was the last oh, time we got to goodness. hear from Kevin? It's been a while. I mean, like years, I'm sure. But um, yeah, he's just talking about how they're about ready to start the frown night celebrations. And he's talking about how much he misses Lauren because he hasn't seen her in years. And then suddenly Lauren's there. Surprised yeah. the hell out of him. Yeah. She is now a high priestess of the Smiling God. Not something that she particularly asked for, but I guess the Smiling God called and she answered. Yep. Yeah. And um, Kevin compliments her on her frown Night costume and she explains that that is not a costume. That after the failure, what was it, of the mud bluffs construction project or something. I think that was when she was like driven out of town or or Kevin rebelled Mm -hmm. against her or something. Yeah, an angry mob tattooed a frown on her permanently. And I just, I love this. Anytime we have Kevin and Lauren, there is all this really dangerous passive aggressiveness going on. Like, they never... Really call each other out. They're all just smiling and they're all happy, but you can tell they don't really like each other. Yeah. So um, she's talking about how she can't really wear a frown night costume to these celebrations anymore because she's in her high priestess garb and she's got her tattooed on face. But she did remember a couple years ago when she had a great frown night costume, she arrived as corporate layoffs and everybody was so upset. And I'm like, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, Kevin's costumes. He said, One time he went as the concept of Ennui, but this year he's going as Daniel Day Lewis. (laughs) Random, very nice. She said, That's great. I just wish he would smile more. (laughs) Anyway, so now they're going to tell us the story of Frau Knight, and it actually revolves around this family called. The The Schlecht family, yes, the Schlecht family was so unhappy all the time, and they made everyone else around them unhappy, and they would do things like, Mr. Schlecht went to the restaurant and corrected them when his order was wrong, and his children, they would actually cry if they got hurt. Yeah, yeah, the neighbor had talked to Mrs. Schlecht at one point. Mrs. Schlecht was talking about how she felt like they just didn't really fit in in town because they weren't happy 100% of the time and the neighbors, of course, appalled. Yeah. And this entire time, Lauren keeps disappearing, but she's not really disappearing because Kevin will say, oh, Lauren, where did you go? And she'd say, I'm still here. Just because you can't see me doesn't mean I'm not here anymore. So I don't think she ever actually goes away. She's just going to be there forever. But I think she's also keeping tabs on whether people are beloved of the smiling God or not, but she won't tell Kevin what the smiling God thinks of him. And she says it's because she can only tell people Things that make them happy, and if she tells him what the smiling god thinks of him, he won't be happy anymore. (laughs) Oh dear so they take a break from the story for a minute just to talk about that at the celebrations tonight there will be a frown night costume contest i know first place is dental surgery it's (laughs) mandatory (laughs) dental surgery he says it's not free but it's mandatory which amounts to the same thing yeah i know third place is to be shunned which is very very much not good um i think lauren says that if the town shuns you something about you know your life is not worth anything is so make sure you better get one of those first two places. It's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, yeah, first place was dental surgery. Second place was getting driven out into the desert, and then the third place was shunned. So, yeah, you don't want to mess with that. Also, you go, like on frown night, you go to people's houses and you try to make them frown, And if you make them frown, they give you candy. And if you can't make them frown, they give you something that looks like candy, but is actually fish made to look like candy. And the whole, like, I mean, Kevin's just reminiscing about going up to the top of a lighthouse and opening up his bag of candy and making sure to smell everything so to be sure it wasn't fish. Oh, God. Trust Desert Bluffs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we go back to the story of the Schlecks and they town finds out that they hired a therapist, which is illegal in Desert Bluffs. Yes, because it's not scream therapy or electroshock therapy, it's talk therapy, which Lauren is just horrified because she says, yes, because they just let you feel how sad you are and then talk about it. (laughs) Unfortunately for the Schlecks, the therapist that they hired was actually an undercover police officer, and so they've all been arrested and thrown into jail, and we'll hear about more of that, but first, the weather which was nice harmony and other than that i can't really think of anything else to say about it no no it's a little, kind of a little folksy indie sort of thing it is summer school by aaron McGowan, and it's a regular nightvale person she's also performing at the nightvale live show So when we get back from the weather, so the town finds out that even being in jail is not forcing the Schlecks to be happy. So they break in and feed them candy, but that only works for an hour and then they start complaining about having a sugar crash, which Lauren doesn't know what those words mean. But anyway, so then they try to get a famous clown to visit them, but even his famous routine is not making them happy. And his famous routine is like standing motionless at the end of a long, dark corridor. Which uh. I've, I've been watching movies in the um, Hell House LLC movie series a lot of it does not work. Anything with this one particular clown just standing there and then you look back at it and it's turned to stare at you, very effective. So of course, that's what I'm thinking when they talk about a clown standing motionless at the end of a dark corridor. Yeah, but that didn't work. So the town got together and pulled all of their sharp objects and they pinned the family down and carved smiles into their faces. And surprise, surprise, That didn't cheer them up either. So they finally dragged them out to the river and baptized them to the smiling God, which involved holding them under the surface of the river. And it worked. They're not unhappy anymore. They're sinking down to the bottom of the river. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I love the fact that Kevin is back, and it felt like he actually had a bit of a redemption arc there, like trying to take control of the town back and... But yeah, Desert Bluffs is still not a great place to live. No, no. I mean, let's face it, Nightville is a pretty scary place to live most of the time, too. But at least we don't have people carving smiles into their faces on a regular. Right, yeah. So um, that was pretty much it. Lauren disappeared yeah. without disappearing. And I just, I love the voice actress for Lauren because Kevin says something like, and Lauren's gone again in the background. Still here, always here. <laughs> And that's it for Night Vale or Desert Bluffs 2, as the case may be. So let's go straight into Loki. Now, I think the only quibble I have for this episode is not really a quibble. It's that after having an episode that was so amazing like last week, it's really hard to follow up this week and have something that would make us even happier. My only quibble is it seems like we've got something similar going on that we had in The Haunting of Hill House, where The Haunting of Hill House, it seemed like there were two teams of writers. And one team were writing the stories about the house where if you die, you get to live forever in the house with all your family members and everybody's safe. But then the other team was writing the stories where it's an evil mansion that eats people. Right. But here you've got two different things that Loki is trying to prevent. One is Loki is trying to prevent a universe where Kang the Conqueror and all of his variants come and attack and start another time war. And the other thing he's trying to prevent is that the entire universe will unravel because the time loom isn't working. And it feels like we've got two different options for each scene. So if someone like Sylvie is not paying attention to what could happen, it's because she's basing it on his threats of he who remains. Whereas what's actually ends up happening is the universe is unraveling. And I wish they could have picked an option and stuck with it yeah and also it's funny because near the end of the episode okay so he comes to sylvie and tries to get her to you know they're trying to get the band back together spoilers they're a whole bunch of different realities that he's having to gather everybody back together from and it works except he has to go get sylvie but anyway so he's talking to her and yeah he's explaining to her how he needs her help but he's explaining he needs her help to keep the universe from being destroyed, right? And he uh-huh. can't do it without her because Obi had figured out that if he gets all of these people back together in the same room, they can use their aura, I suppose, to triangulate their way back to the TV. There's a lot of techno babble that goes on in this one, but fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But So he's got to have her, but she doesn't want to have anything to do with it. She just wants to live the life that she has And it seems like nothing he can say convinces her. And then later on in the episode, something bad happens, which we'll go into more detail in a bit. And she comes to Loki. She's like, everything's being destroyed and I don't know what to do about it. And I was just like... Were you not listening to him before? He needed your help. Uh, Why are you so surprised this is happening? He was saying the universe is going to be destroyed, and now you're all upset that the universe is being destroyed. It just, it does, you're right, it does feel like two different writers, two different teams of writers, were kind of writing at the same thing and trying to sort of meet in the middle, and didn't quite, the edges don't line up exactly. Yeah, because we had this very heart-to-heart with Loki and Sylvie, and he's trying to convince her that, The band needs to get back together, basically. But she's pointing out that all of the people, you know, B-15 and Casey and Mobius, they all had lives on the timeline. And... They didn't, like, maybe this was what they were dragged into the TVA to do before, which they didn't have a choice about. And he's trying to tell them, well, they didn't have a choice to lose the TVA. We should be giving them a choice now. And she finally gets him to admit that what he wants is to have everybody back so he has all his friends back so he doesn't have to be alone. And I'm like, oh, that's so heartwarming. Did you not get the fact that the universe is being destroyed? Um, I don't these different levels of consequences and it seems so weird for the character because Loki just decides oh yeah that's true I just I can't convince anybody to go out and do this anymore I'm like but the universe is being destroyed what are you going to do instead yeah I mean Mobius even asked him he had convinced Mobius to come along because he's like this universe that you have now where you're selling Jet skis and you have two boys and everything. This will be destroyed if you don't come and help me. So when Loki comes back and tells everybody, well, I was wrong, you should go back to your lives and everything, Mobius, Mobius even asks him, he said, wait, you said that the universe and my boys were going to be destroyed, and now they're not? And Loki's like, uh, you don't need the TVA. I'm like, well, that's clearly not true. Is he just giving <laughs> up and gets the, everybody's going to like be destroyed and he's fine with it? The motivations are really wonky. They are. Okay, but all right, to start out from the beginning, Loki, after everything goes to white at the end of the last episode, then he comes back gradually and he's in the TVA, but he's all by himself but he's time skipping again. And I just, I love the effect every time. Like at one point he walks up to the control room and he sees someone standing there and he says, hello, and then he time skips. And a little while later on, he's wandering through the control room again and he picks up a TVA manual and someone behind him, hello? And then he hears the sound of the time skip. And I'm like, I love that sort of thing. That kind of like circular time thing going on. And he's also really unsettled. This entire time, which works extremely well because it's very creepy. Yeah, we hear sort of a voice over an in intercom say something like failsafe mode has been activated. He's in the room where he's flipping through the book, and all of a sudden he notices that some of the consoles in the room start to do this like spaghettification thing and it just gets more and more intense and he time skips out and you see a screen that says "failsafe safe mode activated and then the screen starts to crack and then it disappears and then next thing you know we're in Alcatraz and we see Casey except now he's a criminal and he's breaking out of Alcatraz and it's taking place in 1962. Yep, he's one of he's frank and i didn't get the names written down but apparently that is the famous alcatraz escape where three criminals somehow managed to escape alcatraz and were never heard from again so oh, wow no way that's yeah awesome. I, so yeah definitely a real person there um and loki keeps showing up at these places and being surprised that they don't recognize him and i'm just like come on yeah. loki pick up the pace but Seriously. he's he's trying to talk to Casey and of course, Casey doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And he and his fellow prisoners are getting the little raft that they've made up and a it into the water. And Loki does the time skip thing again. And I don't want know why that amused me so much, but you can see him thrashing around and little poofs of sand going up underneath them as he disappears. Just so it's just like that's oh, that's awesome. a nice little touch. So we see him skip first to a power sports place, like where they sell jet skis. And then he's briefly in a red waiting room And then we see B-15, and she's a doctor in 2012, and she walks out of the room, and I think she sees him real briefly there. He kind of skips in and skips out, and then we see him back at the power sports place, and Mobius is trying to sell somebody a jet ski who's not interested. And again, Loki walks in, and he just can't believe that Mobius doesn't recognize him. I'm like, dude, how many times does this have to happen? So he time skips away again, and this time he meets OB, but we see a little bit of Obi beforehand, Obi is a struggling science fiction writer. And we find that out because he tries to buy his own book at a bookstore that he's snuck into the bookstore. And of course, it's not in the register. So he gets scolded by the cashier. And I'm just watching this going, what did he expect to happen by smuggling? Was Was that just like grassroots trying to get one person to maybe read his book at some point? Probably, you know, just to have it on the shelf. I don't know. It's just bizarre um yeah and so he takes all of his books back in shame to this big warehouse looking place which if you look at it it definitely looks a lot like his kind of lab in the tva yep and um he's firing up some old equipment and loki appears and loki finds out that he's a science fiction writer and he's like oh we're all doomed and that's when obi tells him yeah i'm a writer unfortunately i had to get a phd to pay the bills and everything so he's also (laughs) a scientist he just wants to be a writer yeah, but he's he is basing a lot of his theories on fiction about mm-hmm. the fact that obviously, you know, Loki says his time skipping, he doesn't have any control over it and Obi says, well, obviously you do because you're always showing up at these various people so you have to figure out why and that leads back into the conversation afterwards with Sylvie that the reason why he keeps finding all these people and trying to get the band back together is because he wants his friends not necessarily because he wants to save the universe I don't know but so Loki tells him that you know he can't control it he tries he like thrashes around a bunch I'm sure that's probably the motions that Tom Hiddleston was having to make so that they could do the little effect later on of the yes. time skipping thing so that's kind of funny and he tells him. Ob- Obi he's going to have to invent a Tempad so they can actually travel, but Obi doesn't know how he could do that because he doesn't think the science exists anymore, uh, yet, and... Loki pulls the TVA manual out and says, well, what if it did, and hands it to him, and then he disappears, and he shows up back at Mobius's, where you get to see that Mobius is a single dad of two boys, and I guess he's doing an okay job like having to bribe his boys to behave. It sounds like he's kind of got things under control until Loki shows up. And Loki is trying to convince him what he needs to do, that he has to get back to the TVA, which Mobius obviously think he's crazy. And then a time window opens up and out steps OB. Yeah, yeah. It's just just at the moment when things have gotten at their creepiest, because not only does he think that Loki followed him home, but he thinks he's clearly crazy. And then the door opens up. He's like, whoa. So they actually take him back through the door to his front yard again and they have this whole conversation with him the end of which he can actually see himself having a conversation with Loki in the past so that convinces him but yeah he's Loki is trying to convince him that the universe is going to be ending he needs his help his name is Mobius all this kind of stuff and I think that Mobius kind of is starting to agree but kind of not and he's really worried about leaving his boys and Loki promises him that he can take him back to any moment in time that he wants so I'm like Oh, I hope that's not like Doctor Who, where Doctor Who always promises that as well and never gets the time quite right. No, but I did like how... They demonstrated that because you have this whole conversation with Loki trying to convince him, and Mobius not wanting to leave the boys behind, and Loki promising, "I can take you back to any time." And that's when you look behind him and you see Mobius starting his conversation with Loki. And I thought, okay, that's a great way to illustrate that particular yes. point. Any yes. you want, so I have a little bit more confidence. Although I felt so bad for Ob because Loki was like, oh, "You did that so fast," and. Moby says, well, uh, if 18 months is fast, really 19 months, I had to take some time off after I lost my job and my wife left me. And I'm just I like, know. oh my God, he trashed his whole life to build this thing. God. Oh dear. Oh dear. So Mobius is pretty much convinced. And then he kind of was looking over at that conversation that's happening. He said, What did you what did you say you called me? And he said, Mobius. and he pauses. He's like, that is a pretty cool name. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a cool name. So they go and they get B fifteen and Casey. Oh, and a recap that I read pointed out They don't think it's a coincidence that B-15 was a doctor in New York in 2012 because that is when Loki tried to take over the world, the big attack in Avengers, but she doesn't recognize him. So I'm like, either it hasn't happened yet or we're on a branch timeline where it'll never happen. True, 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 entirely possible. So they get everybody into the warehouse area except for Sylvie, And that's when Loki says, you know, I've got to get one more person. And so she's getting into her truck on the, you know, after her shift at McDonald's. And you see the bag that she was carrying with her takeout. It actually sort of spaghettifications away. And she's sort of puzzled about that. And then Loki's there and he starts to say, okay, this is going to sound really strange. I know you don't recognize me. She's like, of course I recognize you. Why wouldn't? And they don't really explain why she recognizes him, but nobody else did. I don't know. I guess it's the same reason why he's doing this time skipping thing and nobody else is. It's something to do with them both being Loki's. I don't know. Could but be. Could but be. yeah, but they, um, uh, she takes him to a bar to have, have a drink because obviously he's a little freaked out about the fact that she actually remembers him and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And they sit at the bar and she orders two bourbons. <laughs> and the bartender brings them in in two shot glasses. And okay, I don't know everything about liquor. I don't know what people generally tend to do, what people like to do, the rules, anything like that. And we, I even asked Hannah if that was common to do it like that. And she was like, eh, it's just basically what people like. She said, sure, maybe the bartender knew this person was a prat when they ordered that. But I have it as... I have it in my note here, tiny nitpick, but you don't shoot bourbon, you Norse heathen. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. I so, don't know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, I noticed that in the bar, they're focusing on an arcade game as they sort of like establish the shot in the bar. And it's Zaniac, which is the movie that Hunter X-Five was in. Isn't that, pretty, isn't that the science fiction book that Ob was trying to sell at the bookstore? I think it might it have been might Zaniac. Have been. Yeah, Yeah, it might have been. That's good. But nice little links there. So, yeah, this is where we have that whole conversation where Loki is saying they never had a choice. They got ripped away from their lives in the TVA. And she's pointing out maybe they got ripped away from their lives on the timeline. You don't know. And I think he says that they should have the choice to go back to the TVA if they want to. And I've got in my notes, I think he's being really optimistic about what they choose. Why would they choose to leave their lives in the timeline? It doesn't look like anybody's lives is particularly awful. I mean, obviously Casey's life's not great, but he did just escape from Alcatraz. So. Yeah. And I, uh, that was, I can't remember what it was that I was listening to about Alcatraz and the fact that it wasn't a horrible place. Like, for some, it's how how they ran, you know, the heating and everything like that. They had hot water for showers all the time, which was not uh-huh. like common. They actually, I watched um, uh, Max Miller's Tasting History. They had a chef that like made like actual real meals for everybody. They ate rather well. I mean, huh. the whole reason why you were at Alcatraz wasn't that you were particularly horrible. They had some horrible people there, but it was awesome. also for people who kept breaking out of other places. Uh- Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because that I think uh, Casey, you know, Frank, the person he was, and the other two prisoners, they had escaped from other places before. So they were being sent yeah. to a place where you shouldn't have been able to escape from, but they did. We right. don't know if they actually survived, but maybe they did. Yeah. Yeah. So they're having this conversation, and Loki says something along the lines of, oh, so you just, you don't even care about what's going on with the TVA. You just want to have your own life. How selfish. And she said, I'm allowed to want things. People are allowed to want things. Like, what do you want? I want to save the TVA. Uh, so I want to save you. Nah, nah, nah. She drills down and drills down, and that's when we find out that what he really wants is to have his friends back so he's not alone. And she says, yes. you know, that wasn't that hard, was it? So that's when he realizes that he's been selfish. So he's just gonna give up on all of this and not save anything. It's weird, but I do. I did notice that he's at the bar. She takes her shot, he mm-hmm. whatever, and leaves. He goes to take his, and his glasses disappeared when he wasn't looking. I'll bet you if you rewind through the episode, oh, I didn't, I didn't even realize that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. So yeah, the glass uh, totally disappears. So anyway, so Loki goes back to the warehouse and tells him they should all go home and that he's sorry he screwed up. I like the fact that B-15 has been chilling out by reading Obi's book. I thought that was okay. kind of cute. Yeah, that was. But meanwhile, Sylvie goes to a record store and it's a place she's obviously been to before because she knows the guy at the cash register and it does look like a pretty sweet place to hang out. Yeah. And she tells him that she's had a rough day and he gives her a record that he says will either make your day better or complete ruin it. And it was Velvet Underground. I read that yes. in a recap. And yeah. she just you know plugs it in, puts in her headphones, leans back on the couch, is listening. And the guy at the cash register is pouring himself a drink and he, someone walks in and they spaghettify before they get in the door. And he notices that and he's pouring coffee but the coffee is going all over the desk because his coffee cup has spaghettified and he is yeah. seeing everything outside spaghettified it's a this whole scene is like standalone really beautiful the way it does because the music is playing and everything's just kind of spiraling and spaghettifying and then he realizes what's happening and he runs towards Sylvie and you see him running in slow motion and everything is disintegrating around him and she sees what's happening and they both reach out to each other and he just disappears and she is watching everything disappear like right down to the record player just spinning around and around and around and she opens up a time window and walks out of her perfect life. And I'm like, oh, my heart. Yeah, yep, yep. And that's when she appears back in the big warehouse area and Loki's been telling everybody that they all need to go home and that everything's perfectly fine, which is a complete lie. And then she appears and says she's upset because everything's falling apart. And I'm just going yeah i kind of think loki made it pretty clear that that was going to happen so loki is actually a little thrilled about this because now they have the band back together and he tells you know ob that they have to like take the whatever the temporal reading or something so he goes the Tempad, and it's gone and they instantly suspect casey because casey has been eyeing that thing because he really likes the idea could you take me to a bank but (laughs) yeah so and but he's just he's not looking guilty or everything he's like well i didn't take it and they said you we will take you to so many banks you can rob any bank you want to after this but we need the temp pad great because i still didn't take it and then he spaghettifies they're like oh my god yeah and then ob spaghettifies and he says something like oh it was a fiction problem and then he disappears and then everybody slowly disappears and mobius just says Yeah, I've got to go get my boys, and he spaghettifies before he can even reach the door. Yeah, and all of this is incredibly creepy, even more so than the regular spaghettifying, because... The wall behind where Sylvie had opened up a door, a time door, has turned into this endless corridor that everything is just disappearing into. Mm -hmm. And she disappears. She spaghettifies. I mean, nobody's... She's not thrashing or anything. She's just, like, so resigned to what's happening. And Loki is just watching all of this go on. And at one point, he sees the threads of what everybody was, and he's trying to catch them. And he's Mm. hearing snippets of their voices. And I think, what is it that that he hears Sylvie's voice say? Do you think what makes a Loki a Loki is the fact that we always lose? Yeah. And then he screams, and then he time slips, and then suddenly he's back before everybody disintegrates. Yep. Yep. He's back right at the moment when Sylvie walks in the door and they're all carrying on the conversation they had before. And he just says, he's done it. He's learned how to control the time slipping. And he says, it's not about where, when, or why it's who he can rewrite the story and you see him concentrate. And then he blips over. And I believe where he actually appears is the moment right after timely has walked down the stairs to go put on the suit. And that's where the episode ends. Yep, yep. And it yep. feels like we got super meta, but apparently this is uh, back to the journey into mystery storyline from the comic books that Loki oh. was a main character in. And there was apparently a whole storyline where he realized that he could change things because everything was fiction and he could change the story. Oh. Uh, So we went very meta here, and the Mm. next episode promises to be super interesting if he's embracing the idea that this is all story. I mean, I'm wondering if he's going to go as far as to say that this is actually a TV show on the Disney Channel or something. That would be funny. Well, you know, I kind of think that WandaVision already did that. But, you know, if they want to do it here, too, that's fine. God, wouldn't that be a nice tie-in if they tied it into WandaVision? Wow. Oh, my God, my brain just exploded. Oh, my goodness, that'd be amazing. Something I noticed in the credits, I had to actually rewind and go back and check this. So if you watch the credits this week, there's always these little lines that appear under people's names in the credits. Mm-hmm. Well, I noticed this time as they're going along, their ends suddenly start to branch out and a lot of them are sort of falling away and the text is kind of falling. I went back and looked at last week. It wasn't doing that last week. That's the new uh, thing they are doing. Because <laughs> I noticed in the opening credits when you see the, little, the letters blinking for Loki, Um, The letters start disappearing. Yes. Like you only see a few of them, and then there's none of them at all. So, yeah, they're definitely. I love when they mess with something like that, that you have to actually hang on and pay attention. Yes. Me too. One more episode, she oh, whiz. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out PixLadyGeek dot com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic reviews, the photo galleries. Getting closer to Designer Con. So, oh, fun! Um, I know. I'm looking for it. It's something about the weather out here in San Diego that my brain is just telling me. Ooh, it's not. You know. It's. Have you ever had that happen where your brain is very aware of? like you suddenly have a memory and you go why was i thinking about that oh yeah this is this time last year is when i was going to that so i do that in the springtime i think about the medieval fair that we used to go to in sarasota which i don't yeah. know that they do anymore but that's always going to be medieval fair weather just some yes. moment in spring will be that perfect time yeah, well it's just about designer con weather so um yeah so i'm sure we will cover the heck out of that i know that uh, Los Angeles Comic-Con is coming up. Uh, maybe if Natasha goes to there, she'll take some photos for us. That'd be cool. Right. Coolest. As of time of this recording, it was the uh, Comic-Con in Durham, which I didn't end up going to. That's nah, okay. It's, <laughs> it's, fine. it's been a month. Let me tell you, it's been quite yeah. a month. And when I say it's been kind of a month, I mean, you've had kind of a month. Well, I've had kind of a couple weeks. So I was out for a run a few uh, almost exactly three weeks ago is time of this recording, and um, I tripped on a rock and I almost recovered, but instead it was one of those like running forward, going I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, and I ended up falling anyway, and I took the impact on my shoulder and I broke my arm. So yay, that's fun. I broke it seriously, like like snapped the uh, the the upper arm bone. It sounds like yeah, but it wasn't like a compound fracture, and they didn't have to like straighten it or anything. It was apparently like pretty well not displaced, I guess. And they don't put a cast on it. They just I, I was in a splint for about a week and then they were like, yeah, a cast is going to be fine from here. So it's mostly fine. It's just kind of inconvenient because I can't do anything with this arm. But turns out I work from home on the computer and I can do my job one handed. So yay. Well, yeah, that's good. I mean, I know you you fell while running one time and broke your hand. And you fell when you were running one time when you sprained your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so, Please stop you, telling mom I broke my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so did you fall on your shoulder because you were trying not to hurt your hand again? As near as I can tell. I mean, everybody wants to like say, oh, in the moment what I was trying to... I don't know. It was so fast. You look back on it. It seems like, oh, yeah, it took forever to fall. We're talking like seconds. So I'm assuming that I was trying to protect my fingers but I don't know. I have my friend Lauren who has taken pictures for us before, she actually takes parkour classes. And I texted her to let her know that I did this. I said, Do they ever teach classes on how to fall? She said, Yeah, actually they do. And I said, Well as soon as I'm all healed up, I'm signing up for one of them classes. Gee whiz. I need to sign up for one of those too, because you know what? I'm the only one in my immediate family that's never broken a bone. So oh, I feel no, like don't I don't jinx it. Oh god. I'm oh, saving no. <laughs> it up. But yes, however, I am I you have never had stitches, right? And right, I've had right. them multiple times. Right. So, right. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Let's not jinx it. Oh, God. I'm looking okay. for some sage or something. Oh, geez. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, all that and more, pixeladygeek.com. So next week, we will have the final episode of Loki can't wait oh god it's better be good oh please be good yeah and at some point we will talk about the book of bova fett because i actually did finish watching that the other day. oh good very cool yeah Yeah. well i mean very good very mediocre certainly but not certainly so much fan service in that last episode i just Mm -hmm. cannot tell you no yeah but that's fine but anyway one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later (laughs) We're recapping. Welcome to Night Vale. I don't have the number of the episode. 237, please. Yes, 237. Okay. By the time this episode drops, um, it'll be the day that, like, that night. Sorry. You know, I'm not even going to do that because that's just too much thinking there for the time. (laughs) Yeah, no. Time is weird. Yeah, (laughs) Time is weird. Yes.